Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And as always, we've got a lot of ground to cover in the fastest 60 minutes of radio as we attempt to slow things down, help you divide the rage from the reason, elevate the conversation, and help you make the news make sense today. A lot of dots to connect out there. Uh, all eyes continue to be on our nation's capital. Uh, the final day of the question and answer portion. Uh, with Judge Amy Coney Barrett as she uh, continues to go through the gauntlet there. Twelve hours yesterday. That's a grueling session for anyone. Uh, today picks up each of the senators are given 20 minutes. And again, we're seeing a lot of the same uh, pontificating from the members of the Senate Judiciary Committee. We're not seeing a lot of uh, new ground being plowed anywhere in particular. Uh, but Amy Coney Barrett seems to be uh, weathering all of this uh, incredibly well and uh, doing a, a very nice job in terms of answering and not answering uh, questions. Uh, the questions that she shouldn't be answering are those that relate to how she might rule on a case that may come before the court in the future. It's important to uh, to think of it that way. Uh, a lot of these questions are, are trying to bait her into a space uh, to make a comment about something that sh- no judge should be commenting on. And uh, it gets a little tiring uh, with some of the Shenanigans going on uh, by members of both sides of the aisle. Let's be honest about that. And uh, the Democrats have clearly turned this very political. They know they can't really stop her nomination at this point. And so they've really uh, pivoted to try to rally things around the Affordable Care Act and Obamacare and uh, what rulings might happen there. Uh, So that's uh, clearly where they're going. The Republicans, of course, uh, continue to sing her praises and to to point out areas of agreement and things that are important, uh, including uh, Utah Senator Mike Lee, member of that Judiciary Committee, uh, focusing on religious liberty today uh, and that role in the Constitution and the law. And uh, that will be a a fascinating one. We'll be uh, looking at that uh, more closely. Uh, You heard during the break that uh, the G20 Interfaith Forum uh, was today and through the next couple of days. Uh, This year it is coming from uh, Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, although most of it is virtual this year, we'll be uh, airing the uh, address delivered by Elder David A. Bednar of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, talking about the COVID-19 crisis and the place of religion uh, in all of that. So stay tuned. We'll be doing that coming up here at 1120. Uh, but let's get back to the hearings for just a minute. The uh, uh, The interesting thing to me is the, the uh, confirmation process that we're looking at here is again, really getting off the rails on a lot of things that are are not that significant, not that important. Uh, I want to go back to one of the moments from yesterday, uh, which to me just kind of pointed out where some of these senators are going. And it was an exchange between Senator Dick Durbin of Illinois and Judge Amy Coney Barrett as it relates to race uh, and uh, getting her response to that, which I think uh, 
the senator probably just really didn't think that all the way through. Uh, but here's that exchange. With me for a couple of questions. Have you seen the George Floyd video? I have. What impact did it have on you? Um, Senator, as you might imagine, given that I have two black children, that was very, very personal for my family. Um, Jesse was with the boys on a camping trip out in South Dakota, so I was there, and my 17-year-old daughter, Vivian, who's adopted from Haiti, um, all of this was erupting. It was very difficult for her. Um, We wept together in my room, and then it was also difficult for my daughter, Juliet, who's 10. I had to try to explain some of this to them. I mean, my children to this point in their lives have had the benefit of growing up in a cocoon where they have not yet experienced hatred or violence. Um, And for Vivian, you know, to understand that there would be a risk to her brother or the son she might have one day of that kind of brutality has been an ongoing conversation. It's a difficult one for us, like it is for Americans all over the country. Again, that's uh, Judge Amy Coney Brett. That was actually from yesterday's testimony, uh, her exchange with uh, Dick Durbin, uh, who is going down a really interesting line of questioning as it relates to race, as it relates to the George Floyd case and other cases uh, of, of race and prejudice and uh, injustice. And it was just interesting the way he framed all of that as if to uh, put her in a negative spot. And I wonder if he just was not thinking straight in terms of her family. Uh, that she has two children who are black, adopted from Haiti. And, uh, of course, that was a a very powerful, very poignant moment for her as a parent uh, to have to explain those kinds of things and to work through those kinds of things. Uh, I thought was just a a really interesting thing where where the question began and where it ended up, I think, were very different spaces. And I thought she did a beautiful and powerful job of responding to that uh, in a meaningful way. There's also a, a little subtle lesson that I think many have missed, uh, other than the humor of it, and, and that is that uh, as you watch these senators come in, they come in and they, they have their staff behind them. They're toting binders of, of information. They have sheets of pre-prepared and pre-scripted questions and statements and speechifying uh, that they're going to roll out. And uh, that is very typical of the Judiciary Committee, almost any committee, really, Uh, And a lot of these hearings, again, which I refuse to call hearings because nobody's listening. Uh, Mostly they're just making statements and playing to their bases that uh, they come in with all of this stuff that's been it's been pre-prepared and pre-scripted. So they're really just reading. The senators are just reading these questions and reading these statements that their consultants and their staff have told them this will be good for this. We can raise money off of this. We can highlight this with our local constituents back home. We can do this as an op-ed to the local paper. Uh, And they're all positioning it for political purposes. The moment yesterday was an exchange uh, between Senator John Cornyn of Texas and Judge Barrett. And he was commenting on what she brought into the meeting and what notes she is referring to. Listen to this exchange. You know, most of us have multiple notebooks and notes and books and things like that in front of us. Can you hold up what you've been referring to and answering our questions? Is there anything on it? Uh, that letterhead that says United States Senate. That's, imp- that's impressive. <laughs> so... Everyone else in the room has just staff preparing things 
to the umpteenth degree and everything's been pre-scripted and she's sitting there for 12 hours yesterday, 12 hours. She didn't take a note. She didn't bring a note. So what should that tell us? Uh, I think that gives us great insight into what we should expect out of leaders. To go in there and be grilled in this fashion on case law and precedent and a host of other things relating to the Constitution and the law, to not have a note and to not take a note, to me represents two things that I think are vital that we need to expect more of, not less of, of particularly our elected officials. One is just a a confidence. She knows what she's doing. She's prepared. Confidence is never arrogance. True confidence comes when you have respect for the challenge that's in front of you. And you have a plan. So it, it's confidence to go in there with no notes, no binders, no nothing to flip through, no tabs to turn to with answers. No. So she's confident there, but there's also an authenticity to all of that. That most of what we've seen from the members of the United States Senate on both sides of the aisle is a lot of pre-scripted political theater. Not evaluating the qualifications of someone to serve on the highest court in the land. And so the fact that she's doing that, to me, is one just stunning to watch. Uh, But it's also very instructive to all of us. Can we we be a little less scripted? Can we be a little less pre-programmed? Can we be a little more authentic in what we know, what we believe, what we hope to do in any particular situation? And it's not about winging it. Uh, Judge Barrett is not winging this in any way, shape, or form. She's got it. She has confidence in her preparation. She has respect for what she's about to do. And she has an authenticity that I think is powerful and courageous. All right, we're going to step aside. Uh, Stay with us. When we come back, we're going to get into the G20 Interfaith Forum and uh, hear the speech from Elder David A. Bednar of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Stay with us. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 